Hello guys and welcome back to Politics Matter. Sorry for the delay and thank you all for joining us today and we hope you'll be joining in on the conversation. Our phone lines will be open and that number to call is 587-418-5934. Before we begin today, you can head on over to our website communications-inc.org to subscribe for our weekly mailing list and to stay up to date with our next live events and our new available merchandise that are also available. And we are also available for bookings and please don't hesitate to contact us. We have new merchandise that is available through our website, Patreon, and Amazon. I will provide all the links in the description. You can contact us at any time. We are here to help with any questions. And we are also here to give you, our listeners and our customers, the best week. And today, please help me welcome back our guest, Federico Milano, who is here to join us on today's episode. Hi, Nailia. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for coming back. No problem. And would you like to start? Oh, yeah. Well, um... Politics is a difficult issue to talk about. Uh, it should uh, be easy to speak about politics. And uh, so um, I don't want to put you in any trouble here because uh, censorship regarding um, everything that has to do with truth. So I'm not saying that I have the truth, but um, we're going or I'm going to um, appeal to history uh, as always in order to I'll help you produce this program today. Of course, thank you. Okay, so according to Wikipedia, it's the the, uh, page that I don't uh, use the most. Uh, People use it. I'm not criticizing Wikipedia. If you'd like to consult Wikipedia, you can do it. It's easy to edit Wikipedia. Yeah, uh, lots of people use it, um, uh, but I try not to. Today we're going to see what some of the definitions of politics according to the word itself is a noun and is conceived as the art or science of government. Others say that it's the art or science concerned with guiding or influencing governmental policy. Others may add that it's the art of science concerned with winning and holding control over a government. There's political action, practices, or policies that defined according to their parties that have influence in every country, um, the whereabouts and the destiny of the nations. But that would be great if it was only a country who decide for themselves what is their destiny or their fate. And who, who, let's say, controls politics, like the politicians themselves or the people? Because we're looking for a government that can help us um, be open. Yeah, I understand. But uh, it's a question that has been defined by special interests and not the people. If you understand uh, the Western tradition itself, um, since the days of the Republic from Plato, uh, a book that I recommend to everybody that uses this program to read, um, derives from the idea that it's the people for the people by the people who will decide the fate of each country. And that uh, has not been the case historically. I will give you an example. 
but I wanted, before giving examples, I wanted to get back a little bit of the definitions we mentioned before, naively, if it's okay with you. Yeah, the art of science of government, the art of science concerned with, with guiding or influencing governmental uh, policy in all aspects, healthcare, uh, domestic issues, international issues, foreign policy, etc. But it's not an art, as we have seen uh, for the last hundred years especially, but throughout history, um, democracy has almost never existed. In my opinion, it's just approximations to the definition by the Greeks, for the people, by the people, and um, it's not the case. Today, we live in a world where politics are not art. Politics are the fact and the capacity to deceive peoples and for special interests, and we have seen it for, I repeat, for the last hundred years. The example I wanted to give is uh, just uh, 30 minutes ago. Defense Secretary uh, Lloyd Austin, um, in the company of General Mark Milley uh, um, of the Pentagon and the Secretary of State Department, Defense Secretary, um, agreed that they're going to send F-16s and F-35s to help Ukraine to win the war against Russia. When the, we consult history, we know that that is a lie. Why is a lie? Because they're not interested in helping Ukraine. The fact that uh, millions of people have been displaced, the fact that uh, many others have come to Canada and many other countries, Poland, for example, is saying, hey, that's enough, we cannot take more millions of uh, um, Ukrainian people here. Well, why is that? If we get back to history, there has been more than 30 years of the Russian Federation after the separation and the dissolution of the um, uh, socialist Soviet republics, um, the Union of the Socialist Soviet Republics, uh, known as the USSR. In 1991, 15 countries uh, separated from that uh, organization. And the uh, Warsaw Pact was dissolved. The Warsaw Pact was the response of uh, the uh, USSR um, against NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which is composed mainly by the UK, uh, many countries in Europe, and now, of course, Sweden and uh, the Dutch, uh, that is Holland, and, of course, the United States, which is the guidance, uh, the powerful guidance um, motivation that Europeans follow, whatever the Americans said, the Europeans follow blindly. And, and sorry, in any way, is Ukraine ever going to join NATO? Because we know they're not. What about even Georgia? I mean, Georgia has always remained neutral. No, Georgia was invaded also by, yeah, it, it was uh, neutral after the separation of these countries of the USSR, because the USSR, I repeat, was dissolved in 1991. Even though it was in 1988 with President Ronald Reagan that he said to tear the wall down with um, um, then president of the USSR. Um, uh, Jesus, I'm not remembering his name right now, but uh, I will in a few seconds, hopefully. Well, this president uh, was the new version of democracy for the uh, Union of Socialist Republics and uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. Thanks, neurons, <laughs> for reminding me. Mikhail Gorbachev decided to give the USSR a new 
wave of ideas. And these ideas needed to do with more democratic approaches as we understand these approaches in the Western tradition. This approach was to dissolve the USSR itself in 1989, as I said, uh, Ronald Reagan asked uh, Mikhail Gorbachev to come together and try to understand each other, which is what we are not doing right now. In that sense, the Warsaw Pact that was created to oppose NATO, it was a, a confluence of countries in order to, if they were attacked by any of the countries of NATO, because the principle of NATO in Article 5 is if you attack one of the countries that constitute NATO, all the countries that constitute NATO will attack the country that have attacked one of the countries of the NATO organization. Well, in response, the Warsaw Pact was created. Once the promises that they will never advance NATO further to the east, that is close to Russia, well, Russia with Mikhail Gorbachev believed in such event. And they dissolved the Warsaw Pact, the countries that were supposed to react in case that NATO will attack any of the countries of the Warsaw Pact. That was dissolved also in 1991 <clears throat> and in the consequent years. Like I said before, 15 countries separated from the, uh, the Socialist Republics or the USSR. But once the uh, Warsaw countries that constituted the Warsaw Pact in order to react against NATO were, was dissolved, the United States broke their worth. And uh, if you really want to look to history, you will understand that uh, just as the United States had security concerns, so did Russia in those days. And for 30 years, they have put in the international uh, world politicians and organizations, including the United Nations, their preoccupation regarding the advances of NATO, which hasn't stopped. In other words, they not only broke their word, but they advance in their policies that they promise not to advance on. And here's another thing that I have going on in my head is that um, when it comes to like the prime ministers of Canada or their presidents of the United States or any other country, most of them, they never lasted for more than eight years. But the Russian president, um, Vladimir Putin, he has been the president for over 30 years. More than 20 years. Yeah. Right? So so why would they um, make Putin um, have... Lasted that last, long? Lasted, not just because lasted, but they're blaming all the war crimes on him. And, and he's lasted for more than 30 years, and all the prime ministers and presidents have never lasted for more than eight. So yeah. if he know, he knows, clearly he knows what he's doing, right? Yes, well, that's why they call him a dictatorship. But dictatorships are, for example, uh, places and uh, the understanding, if any understanding, that democracy doesn't have a place there. That means that people don't have, the rights of the people are being diminished in order to create a, a mandatory politic. That means that the division of power does not exist like in democratic republics, uh, like re I repeat in the Western tradition, especially with the French Revolution in 1789, where um, the separations of powers uh, were actually enacted in the different countries of the world. And of course, um, the English version of the politics and democracy and the concept of republic, which is the uh, 
enacting exactly the enaction, enacting the power, the division of powers, the executive, the uh, legislative, and the judicial powers. Those are three different powers that are going to look upon the other in order for one to avoid the principles of a detectorship, but there's only one person dictating everything that has to be done, and that's it. No other power will con uh, counter his uh, decision-making. That's the concept of republic itself, where the three powers themselves act uh, as, uh, when necessary, not only opposing, but uh, establishing an equilibrium within, within the three powers in order to, for that republic to function as a state. And uh, what happened that you mentioned with uh, Vladimir Putin is that Putin saw uh, as an ex-member of the KGB, trained as a KGB agent, uh, and understood the tradition of Stalinism and the subsequent transition to the different presidents, Nikita Khrushchev and others, uh, let's say prime ministers or leaders of states in this case in Russia, once it dissolved the USSR, Nikita Khrushchev was still in the USSR, we have to understand that. But uh, when Vladimir Putin took power, he understood this very clearly, that the problem was democracy. Because like you mentioned, um, the presidents are elected in a democratic tradition, in the Western tradition, in the countries that believe themselves to be democratic every four years because of the principle that we cited in the beginning, Naila, which is the republic and the concept of democracy. The problem is that democracies are behaving like tyrannies or tyrannies. And when uh, the history behind the American uh, um, interventions around the world, let's say, for example, Libya, Iraq, um, Afghanistan, not to mention uh, Somalia and Central America, with such disastrous uh, uh, results, well, Vladimir Putin, of course, didn't want to be submitted, subordinated to American powers. So as the democratic countries ask for election and call for elections every four years, uh, the parties that compose their um, uh, republics or their democracies obey, literally, as has been proven that 10 years ago, or even five years ago, even three years ago, was called uh, uh, conspiracy theories because democracy is functioning perfectly for Americans, because democracy is per function perfectly for the countries into which the United States have intervened, uh, along with Canada, NATO, and the UK principally. Of course, the influence of Israel is unavoidable here because it's the only democracy in the Middle East. So when Vladimir Putin realized all this concept of history that will take hours to develop, but I wouldn't mind in, a, in the next programs, if you invite me again, I let, we can talk a little bit about these issues, and I'm pretty sure your audience are, are, are very concerned about these matters. Well, he decided not to give an opportunity for the Western countries to do what they have done with Central America, with the assassinations, the killings, the CIA operations, and the results that I hope your audience already know which are total disasters. I mean, poverty, corruption, and the influence of the American corporations and the TLCs, which have, uh, of course, destroyed uh, the uh, markets and the trade for Latin America and Central America in this case. So in, in this situation, to resume, Vladimir Putin decided not to follow the Western tradition in this case. That doesn't mean that, for example, democracy is the only way to go forward, to go forward especially having proven such disastrous results. Vladimir Putin decided to stay in power and he was uh, supported 
by his ministry, yes, maybe some people are going to accuse him of corruption, corruption that exists also in the Western countries, <laughs> and uh, I think it's undeniable. I think most of the Western countries are more corrupt than Russia is. Well, right. you have, I don't, in what can you, I don't know, like I said, I don't want to get you in trouble, Naila, because I'm just cooperating with your program, but why do you say that? No, I'm just saying that because, like, they're more, um, they have more war crimes than Russia does. They're trying to blame Russia on World War One and World War Two. That's right. That's a good point that you mentioned here. Yes, Russia has committed uh, crimes, uh, no doubt, especially now in the uh, um, special operation against Ukraine, as uh, they call it. It's not me saying it. It's the Russian calling it the special operation. Of course, the Western countries call it invasion, and of course, one of the words that they like to use is uh, the unjustifiable invasion of the Russian Federation against Ukraine. Uh, we know that is not true. Again, if you look for history honestly, with honesty, we will find out that Russia has, of course, security issues, just as like any other country in the world. But the corruption is so big uh, with the military-industrial complex, with the interest of, of the most powerful corporations, especially weaponry, and, of course, machinery, uh, you name it, for example, banking systems, etc., that Mr. Zelensky has invited to the country, which was exactly the first cause for Latin America to be so bankrupt and so enslaved and so subordinated to America, which Vladimir Putin opposes to. And I think there's plenty of reasons to, uh, to understand that and to accept it if you really want to look to the facts. So, um, yes. Uh, of course, there's no denial in that America and allies have committed war crimes that are way more comparatively throughout history than the wars that Russia has committed. The point is that Russia is the only one that has been accused in the Western stream media that is being very central. You cannot find uh, information from the Russian outlets. You cannot find information from Ukrainian outlets because all those... Uh, information outlets have been controlled or people have been majors that oppose the war and said, hey, we can avoid the war, uh, Mr. President, have been killed, have been jailed or have been, uh, they have to run away from Ukraine. This is a discussion, of course, that might have different opinions, but these are the facts. Yes, you're right. Of course, America have committed terrible, horrible crimes against humanity over the decades and especially in the last hundred years. So, for example, I wanted to add this, if it's okay with you. The Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and General Mark Milley never asked these kind of questions regarding what I, you just asked me, Naila, which is why is Russia reacting to this matters? Well, because they have security issues too. And the West countries, especially NATO, promised in the head of the United States not to advance against Russia. And so they did. They had Georgia, and that's why the Russians invaded Georgia in 2008. They have Ukraine now. And you have to remember that historically, uh, Russia had been attacked since Napoleon days through Ukraine. In the Second World War, through Ukraine, it was anybody that has read a little bit of history and is conscious about reality will admit that it was the Russians who win the war for Europe. It was not the Americans. The Americans contributed to it after 1941, but it was the Battle of the Bulge uh, and the Sixth Army uh, uh, that uh, 
were made possible the liberation of the Nazi Germany. And to not accept that is ridicule. And that's exactly what I'm seeing here uh, 30 minutes ago today, uh, uh, May the 25th, 2023, with these generals and these people. And the questions that the journalists are asking are totally irrelevant to the conflict. And that is what worries me, because if the United States keep on pushing NATO this way, and now with the lands of Sweden and the Netherlands, the Third World War is going to happen. And like I have reiterated for many years now, they're going to bring the war home. And maybe, just maybe, that's what people need. They're going to blame Russia again. I hope they don't. They have to accept the, the foreign policy of their govern, uh, government is taking the wrong decisions, is pushing too far against Russia, and Russia is not going to take it. Yeah, I hope I hope not. And uh, you mentioned about some... And you hope not to... Uh, no, exactly. And I hope that Russia doesn't take it, right? Because we don't want them to... Well, but that will say that you are in favor of Russia. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. And I'm, and you mentioned you were speaking about the elections, right? And yes. speaking about that, um, now that the elections are coming up next week, uh, Canadian elections, um, who do you think is gonna actually be voted? Like, it's all, it's either always either the Conservative or Liberal Party, right? Who do you think? Would it be the conservative this time? The NDP is also mm -hmm. following. Yeah, it's going to be provincial uh, elections. Good point. Thank you. Yeah, let's go a little further than this. Uh, and let's talk about domestic policies. Okay, I accept this argument, Naila. Yes, it's very important for us to continue in the world, especially here in Canada, in the provincial elections, to make a decision. Even if you don't agree, because there's a liberal party, the conservative party, like in the United States, the Democrats and the Republicans, which don't represent really the people, they represent the foreign interests, the multinational interests. That has been proven more than once. If you see, uh, read the books that I have recommended in my program, React Today, as part of the World's Wild Project Initiative. And um, yeah, the provincial elections are happening here in Canada. These are not federal elections. And uh, I suggest Canadians to vote, even though. In my opinion, according to my informed opinion, you might agree with it or not, um, yeah, there's only two parties too. And Canada is getting into the same irrelevant position, which is that democracy is being controlled only by two parties. And um, Canada is different than the United States, as still is, even though the United States is a wonderful country, it's made up with wonderful people. The problem is if the people don't unite, and find out a common ground in order to take out of power these corrupt governments and these corrupt congresses or parliaments in the case of Canada, we're gonna be in big we're gonna be in big trouble supporting wars that we don't have to engage in. Because they have not attacked us. Russia has not attacked Canada directly. No, but this Canada is part of NATO, so we have to respond. Yes, sure. But if there's a justifiable cause for Canadians to go and die for the United States initiatives or NATO or UK's initiatives. If there's no grounds or reason historically proven that Canada is going to go to war or receive atomic bombs in it in his own ground by the justification of the United States initiative, I think that uh, that's not justifiable. But I'm sorry, I forgot about that. Uh, you were talking about uh, uh, provincial elections. Yes, I think 
that uh, Canadians have to vote in the provincial elections, whether they uh, vote in blank or they vote for liberal conservatives. It's just that uh, for the things that have happened after the pandemic, before, during, and now after pandemic, um, it's important to vote. I don't see how the Conservative Party, after living 20 years in this country, uh, conservatives are different than liberals. I think the same problem that America is going through right now and the same with the UK is happening in Canada. It's important to vote, whether you vote blank or you vote for liberal conservatives or NDP, that will be your decision. But it's important to vote, Naila, I think so. And it doesn't really matter who gets voted because, I mean, it's always the liberal and conservative that have the most seats in Congress. Yes, that's right. NDP have a few and apparently is growing a little bit. And why do I say that it's important to vote? Uh, Toronto is asking right now, I mean, Ontario, is asking for separation from Canada. Bloc Québécois has asked the same situation for years, and there has been terrorism attacks from the 70s. You remember, maybe, guys, that uh, uh, that happened before. There's many issues that have to do with separations of different provinces in Canada because they still going to have to use the same currency, etc. And depend in many ways from the rest of the provinces, from the federal government. So well, Canada is not going to be much more a country than just provinces if it just... If or Canada will become just uh, uh, Canada, but without two provinces. If that will happen, if that will happen to be the case, that will be, instead of 10 provinces, only eight, without Bloc Québécois or without... Um, um, Ontario. Ontario. So, yeah. But Canada wouldn't cease to exist. It will still keep insisting, but without two provinces. Now, uh, I wanted to say, Naila, with your permission, is that uh, when you see, for example, what Justin Trudeau says on CPAC in the University of Ottawa uh, uh, just three weeks ago, that he never forced anybody to get vaccinated is a total lie. And the Liberal Party is going down very quickly because uh, it's obvious that uh, Canada has become one of those countries in government that does not represent its peoples. The convoy was, uh, the Freedom Convoy is one of the symptoms that represented us, the country and the world in this matter and uh, expanded all around the world. The problem is that the uh, mainstream media, which is supported by the states, not only here in Canada, with more than $1.2 billion, $1. billion a year, which is an amazing kind of money, it's an unspeakable much amount of money, to support and, uh, and disregard, to support the liberal government and to disregard any other opinion. The censorship is amazing with Bill C-11, etc. So Canada is becoming a, a dictatorship and uh, many countries around the world in parliament, especially in the European parliament, are rejecting Justin Trudeau as an example of democracy. Just recently, uh, uh, the Italian prime minister, uh, um, this young lady, rejected and looked confused with the uh, 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 patronizing of Justin, uh, uh, correct, uh, Mr. Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, and he looked disgust, very disgusted with uh, Justin Trudeau speaking about democracy when here in Canada people are not allowed to speak against his own government. The persecution, the censorship is, is incredible, just like in the United States, which shows how corrupt these democracies has become. That is only my opinion. There's a lack of freedom of speech. You're totally right. I mean, it's difficult to speak on YouTube 
because they censor anybody who speaks the truth. You mentioned the most important point, and I agree. The most important issue right here, uh, 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 this is to your audience as it is to mine, is truth. And truth, the truth is that the United States has, is guiding the world to a third world war in order to protect their interests, which are not the people's interests. You can see this in European countries too not only in the NATO countries, when you don't see the manifestations, for example, in France, there's millions of people, at least France is standing up, where is the rest of the countries in Europe? They're not covered by the media. There's manifestations, people going out to, to uh, tell uh, their governments that they don't want war and they want peace in Ukraine. And we all want peace. Do you want peace in Ukraine? Of course. So do I. And the United States is guiding NATO to war against Russia. That will mean they will bring the war home. And whatever United States um, does, Canada will go right ahead with them. That's, that's another issue. Being part of NATO doesn't mean that you have to obey and bow to what America says. I love American people, like I said, but American people is understanding that their government is not representing them whatsoever, but special interests. We are talking about pharmaceuticals, we're talking about the power of corruption pharmaceuticals can uh, uh, ex exercise in governments. I think, Naila, you, uh, uh, I don't know if you saw that program, but a uh, year and a half ago, uh, I was uh, presenting in my program to for us, the country and the world, how Pfizer controls governments and how these contracts are made behind our backs with no discussion whatsoever, with no consensus with the peoples, how these people make $43 trillion in the last two years alone. And that is unac unacceptable. Here in Canada, housing prices are going crazy. P the income of the people are going down. The inflation is soaring up. And the Prime Minister of Canada, and I don't expect the Conservative Party because I think he's going to win the federal elections and even the provincial uh, elections here in Alberta and uh, maybe in most of the provinces in Canada uh, are not going to do something different. Canada, the fact that is part of NATO and is best pals with commercially, in trade uh, 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 and political and foreign and domestic policy, it's time for Canada to stand its ground and say, we don't agree with this war. We don't agree with this idea that we have to go and kill people in a country as big as Russia because they don't obey what we say. Have been proven throughout history that the American institutions and the American corporations have destroyed hundreds of countries all around the world. And that's, that's unacceptable. People need to understand that Canada has to say, hey, America, we love you. We can still have trade, but we don't agree with you. And we're going to separate from NATO if you keep insisting in going to war. Canada has to have the independence, the sovereignty enough to respect other people's sovereignty as well as Russia's sovereignty and say, hey, we, NATO doesn't want, uh, Russia doesn't want uh, Ukraine to become part of NATO. It's because they have security concerns, just like the United States have security concerns, like it did in the crisis of 1962 with the missiles with Nikita Khrushchev, just to mention just, uh, just one of the events. Now, they want to, us Canadians to go and die for... American interests and corporations, which doesn't represent the Canadian or American corporations, neither the European uh, people's interests, in order to go to a third world war, as long as they don't lose the hegemony. And that's why more than 81 countries around the world right now are siding with BRICS. And, yeah. and I agree with you. 
of yeah, course. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned to me that it was 81. So, yeah, thanks for that info. Yeah, and, um, and here's another... Uh, uh, and for your audience, Naila, they can corroborate that information. Right? Yeah. yeah, and uh, I was also thinking that um, they're sending so much um, money. They're still sending more money to Ukraine for military. And weaponry. And their own people don't have the money to pay for their bills. Yeah. Right? And they're putting their own people in debt. Forever. That is the problem with the International Monetary Fund of the World Bank. It has been for decades. What is it that uh, Canadians don't understand? And how can people don't march in the streets and say, we don't want Canada to go to war against Russia? Because this is not to defend Ukraine. And you make the point, and I agree with you. And uh, uh, I have to state that we are against the war in Ukraine. But this is not for Ukraine. This is for the United States and NATO interest for the beast of uh, capital uh, that has been poured into Ukraine. But the problem is, like I mentioned before, Zelensky has said, welcome to the International Monitor, welcome to the World Bank, welcome to all the corporations of America in order to rebuild as an effort. You have to understand that uh, uh, machinery, caterpillar, bulldozers, uh, uh, General Electric, all these corporations are not there for free. And the billions of dollars that have been putting, put in to one of the most corrupt countries in Europe, if not the most, according to Canadian CBC, according to Canadian CTV, just before the war started, they acknowledge the corruption of, of uh, the Ukraine. But all of a sudden, it's the most wonderful country in the world that have to be supported. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that even Ukrainians will agree with that. Like I said, Ukrainians are, are welcome here and everywhere if they're being victims of war. But the, the, the point that I'm making here, and to your audience with all due respect, um, is why is it that the United States is prolonging this war like in Afghanistan? Ask yourself that question. And the war in Afghanistan... And who benefits from it then? Exactly. And the war in Afghanistan lasted for how long? <laughs> 20 years. So you think this... It's going to last for 20 years in Ukraine. But they will they will not have any shame on enduring 20 years. But of course, it's not going to last that long. The moment Russia is not going to uh, uh, accept any abuse of the uh, NATO. And that will lead us to third world war. And, and uh, that's yeah. that's to be very stupid. And when I see this black person, uh, and not because he's black, he's Afro-American, let's say, um, Speaking about how they're going to stay there for as long as it takes, I don't... That is the proof that these people don't represent Americans. Since the war in Vietnam, millions of people all around the world. In the war in Iraq, millions of people all around the world. In Central and South America, millions of people against war. These people don't want to learn anything. That's the definition of evil. What America is doing with NATO in order to start a third world war. And we have corrupt governments representing the country. Why can't the people like us represent the country ourselves? Because we don't we don't want to be corrupted. The con- we don't want the country to be corrupted. We don't want the government to be corrupted. We want the people to help us make the government understand yeah, but we don't want corruption. We want what's fair. We want 
uh, freedom of speech. We want the truth. Good salaries, according to inflation. But we don't want war. We, we want Canada to be Canada. And Canada is becoming the United States. And uh, that's, that is unacceptable. I mean, that's crazy. And uh, if you uh, remember, there was a book that was uh, very famous in the 1980s and 90s. It's called Tragedy and Hope, A History of the World in Our Time by Carol Quigley. If you read this book, it will explain throughout history, especially in the last two centuries, how uh, the corporations became to be so powerful since the uh, days of uh, colonization and feudalism. So, uh, and the robber barons and all that stuff. It's time for us, the continent of the world, to take over Naila, democracy. If we really believe that there is somehow a democracy there in the United States, there in the 27 countries of the European Union, and it's some common sense in NATO, and of course, whoever is in charge of the United States of America, which of course is not the people, and it's happening here in Canada, it's just unacceptable. And I kind of somehow sort of have a feeling that BRICS might be taking over now that they've accepted the Chinese currency, right? That is a very important point that you're making here because politics matter. And it doesn't, uh, these people don't care that politics matter. And uh, what I'm uh, astounding about is that uh, Canadians apparently are okay with their life because Canada, thanks God, has one of the highest uh, levels of life, standards of life in the world. It's part of the G7 and now part of the G3, which is a conglomerate of people and that uh, ideas of the World Economic Forum. This is not conspiracy theories. You can read the book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, etc., um, in order to understand that a little better. But uh, I forgot your question. I'm sorry. Uh, um, no, I had said that... Um that BRICS might oh, be yes. taking over. Well, yeah, uh, BRICS is uh, Brazil, Russia, India, um, China, China, and, and South, South Africa. Africa. But now Brazil is, uh, is inviting other people, Central and South America, and giving us examples, Canadians and Americans, and how to behave. But why? Because they were banana republics. And now, like I wrote in my book in 2014, the beast have turned against her own cops and wants to devour them. Now it's not only Central America and the uh, 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 South Hemisphere. Now it's their own people which the beast is taking on. And uh, 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 BRICS is receiving lots of people now. We can see Saudi Arabia turning in. We can see Iran turning in. We can see China middling with with between uh, uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, Iran. We see now uh, the President uh, Bashar al-Assad from Syria, which is another illegal war I don't understand. Well, of course I understand why is it that the United States is still in Syria on a coup that they orchestrated according to testimonies, even from nuns that I have put on my channel for people to see. And, um, and I was actually looking at um, the other day that... Um, in the Middle East, Eastern countries, they want to create their own NATO. Yeah, well, that will be uh, so, a, a result, a consequence of the abuses of the United States and the, their impositions by force, whether economically, militarily, or by trade. 
and they would probably join United States. The who the United States? Or? Yeah, like the Arab. No, no, no. The Arab countries are separating from the United States right now. Okay. On the contrary, they wanted, they are wanting to join BRICS, as you were saying before. That is correct. Uh, there are BRICS, five countries plus, which is now 81 countries. Even though, if you see the, the Defense Secretary, Low Austin, and General Mark Milley hold the new conference just an hour ago, saying that the majority of the countries, and they have 50 allies, and now that Dutch and, and uh, Sweden are uniting together in order to sanction more Russia and that this is unacceptable. Well, I'm sorry, but 81 countries now are wanting to become part of BRICS. And why will that be? I, I ask your audience as I ask mine. Well, it's obvious that it is because they don't want America and Europeans. This is the UK and, and uh, Israel, the only democracy in the Middle East, to tell the rest of the world what to do. And why is that? I'm going to give you an example. Um, Syria, President Bashar al-Assad, it was a secular country. Yes, it's an Arab country. Like you you, you just hear in the day of the flag there in, in Israel, where the people came out with the flag saying death to Arabs. The whole nation saying that. I can't believe that Israel is so brainwashed to say that as a democracy, they called for the death to the Arabs. There's reasons, the war in 67. Yes, but that was in 67, for Christ's sake, 23, 25 years ago. And they cannot still use that as an excuse. The world have moved on, have evolved. And the fact that the whole country of Israel says that death to Arabs and is taking over illegally in front of our eyes, um, uh, uh, settlements that don't belong to them according to international law and they break their law, the American break the law, they don't belong to the International Court of Justice, they don't belong to the ICC, International Crime Court, is, uh, Court of Justice. So because they don't belong there, they cannot be called to account on their <clears throat> crimes against humanity? I don't think so. The world has especially BRICS and the 81 countries are saying enough is enough. We won't run that way. And like you mentioned, Naila, which is very important, they're using their own currencies. They're using the gen and the rubble in order to strengthen their economies. And of course, they have more economic power and is building, not yet powerful than the dollar, but is building up big time because they have very important gold reserves. What is the United States do? We go to their countries, steal their oil, steal resources, impose their mandatory contracts with the TLCs and the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, which is to stop the agriculture and the food security for the countries. If you go to Central and South America and, and, uh, uh, and Global South, that's what they do. You only are to bind to our regulations. Regulations like the TLCs and like the pharmaceuticals are done in secret behind our backs without consensus of the public. And now you have to use the job, 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 like this stand-up comedian, uh, ex-Prime Minister of England, um, uh, Boris Johnson, now is going uh, to Texas in order to, and other countries, in order to keep on running with the war against Russia. This is absurd. And it, like I said, history has demonstrated is against humanity, not for humanity. So yes, the economy is changing big time, Naila, and is working against ourselves. And that's why BRICS said that's it. And if they want to go against China with uh, 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 this little island, Taiwan, 
which is part since 1948, part of continental China, which has been accepted by the United Nations in all treatises around the, of importance around the world, especially with the United Nations, which is supposed to represent the will of the people. It's just amazing that uh, uh, they want to control even uh, foreign countries at their whim and will and caprice. And that's, that's unacceptable. China just said, if you keep pushing it, we are going to war. And that's what the American, not the people. Like in Vietnam, the people went out by the millions. Did they hear nothing? Nixon insulted them by calling them talks. That's exactly what Biden is doing, even though he's one of the most corrupt presidents ever. The, uh, 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 his son has been proven to be not only a drug addict, but a, a person that has uh, uh, very special interests in Ukraine. Okay. The rest is for your audience to find out. Uh, I'm sorry, I get a little passionate here, but... Uh, no, that's okay. And It is the world that is at stake, Naila. So it's very important for, for us to understand it. Of course. And uh, I want to go back to the elections. Um, Biden, he's running again for 2024. That's right. Right? And, and Clinton, Hillary Clinton... Oh my God, that, that is another issue. Hillary Clinton, for Christ's sake, a war criminal, just like uh, Henry Kissinger, who's going to be a hundred years this Saturday. A hundred years of bad advice. He enjoyed the assassination of people. And I say this because it's proven. Uh, um, just a few days ago, Democracy Now!, which is a, a news outlet, uh, demonstrated how this person, of course, a Jewish uh, uh, influencer in the United States uh, in the administrations of Richard Nixon uh, and many other presidents and the advisor to the United States uh, um, behind the curtains, always for war. And the secret war in Laos and Cambodia, who killed millions of people, millions of people. And uh, he answered with a laugh in his face. This is, a, this is just uh, demented people in charge uh, that uh, yeah. has no, uh, uh, have not been accountable. But in this time in history, it's time for us to continue on the world to find them accountable, period. And let's just hope that uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, gets elected. If they don't kill him, because that's a problem. The Kennedys represent um, the, the, the people of America more than anybody else in the world. The Kennedys don't, didn't want to go to war against Cuba, and that's why the uh, military-industrial complex, which uh, Dwight Ike Eisenhower told us after the Second World War, he was a five-star general in the Second World War. He was the leader of the American troops in other in the D-Day, etc. I can spend hours here speaking about it. He had uh, warned us about this matter. Also, did uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, John F. Kennedy, I correct here as president, he was assassinated. It's been proven by the CIA and the American special interests, like the. Uh, military industrial complex and, and uh, 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 many other corporations that are involved in this matter. So, yeah. In this case, all the nations are basically falling. Yes, and they are failing big time in their democracies. They have proven it for the last hundred years, but especially after the Second World War. And uh, I really hope that uh, John F., uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, wins the presidency of the United States. But I have a few questions for him that may be related for the next chapter in the next in, uh, interview, if I, if you happen to invite me to your program and, and this wonderful space, Politics Matter. Of course, I'd love to have you here on again. Oh, well, okay, sure. 
And thank you for joining us today. You can also check out our other podcast, Author's Corner, through here and through our website, Patreon, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for joining us today. And if you'd like to follow us, you can hit that subscribe button and keep up to date with our next episodes. You can also head on over to our website, communications-inc.org, to subscribe to our mailing list and to stay up to date with live events and available merchandise with a 20% off purchase through our Patreon account. We are also accepting donations through our Stripe and through our Patreon and website as well. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you next week.